Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's episode is the first of a pair. Today's poem is The First Snowfall by James Russell Lowell. Next week, I'll be reading and discussing Longfellow's poem, Snowflakes. The two poems were written about the same time by men who were friends and both deal with the same natural phenomenon, falling snow, and arise from the same human phenomenon, grief. Yet they are different, and taking the two together creates a greater whole than either one alone. Indeed, the more poems one has taken to heart by many authors from many times and places and life experiences, the richer and stronger we become. The first snowfall consists of four ten-line stanzas. The first three stanzas describe the falling snow as it blankets the landscape. In the fourth stanza, we learn that the poet is watching the snowfall from the window of the house he and his wife Maria owned in Cambridge, Massachusetts. In the fifth stanza, we learn that as the snow falls, he's thinking of a grave in Auburn Cemetery not far from his home, where their first daughter, Blanche, who died at 15 months, is buried. In the next stanza, his thoughts are interrupted by their second daughter, Mabel, who asks, Who makes it snow? The poet answers her, telling her of God the All-Father, as a father should, and then his thoughts return to the burial of his first daughter and the change that has slowly come for him and his wife in time since, using the image of the snow falling now on the grave. He then answers the question again. Have these thoughts changed his answer or only deepened it? Let's listen. The First Snowfall by James Russell Lowell The snow had begun in the gloaming, and busily all the night had been heaping field and highway with a silence deep and white. Every pine and fir and hemlock wore ermine too dear for an earl, and the poorest twig on the elm tree was ridged inch deep with pearl. From sheds new roofed with Carrara came Chanticleer's muffled crow, the stiff rail softened to swans down and still fluttered down the snow. I stood and watched by the window the noiseless work of the sky and the sudden flurries of snowbirds like brown leaves whirling by. I thought of a mound in Sweet Auburn where a little headstone stood, how the flakes were folding it gently as did robins the babes in the wood. Up spoke our own little Mabel, saying, Father, who makes it snow? And I told of the good All-Father who cares for us here below. Again I looked at the snowfall and thought of the leaden sky that arched o'er our first great sorrow when that mound was heaped so high. I remembered the gradual patience that fell from that cloud like snow, flake by flake, healing and hiding the scar that renewed our woe. And again to the child I whispered, The snow that husheth all, darling, the merciful Father alone can make it fall. Then, with eyes that saw not, I kissed her. And she, kissing back, could not know that my kiss was given to her sister, 
folded close under deepening snow. As I said in my introduction, the first snowfall is a poem about grief, more specifically about grief and the changes that time does and doesn't bring. Though the snow has only been falling a few hours, it gives both the poet and us, his readers, an image of the passage of greater time, an image both beautiful and helpful, more helpful because it's beautiful. But the poem isn't only about grief and time, it's about God and nature as well. And not just God, referred to by the poet as father, but belief in God. Why does the poet answer his daughter twice? He writes the second time, And again to the child I whispered, The snow that husheth all, darling, The merciful father alone can make it fall. Again, suggest that he is simply giving the same answer he's already given. But a poem of this length must be efficient. It can't give up a stanza to simple repetition. Has something been added? Has something changed? Let's listen again. The First Snowfall by James Russell Lowell The snow had begun in the gloaming, and busily all night had been heaping field and highway with a silence deep and white. Every pine and fir and hemlock wore ermine too dear for an earl, and the poorest twig on the elm tree was ridged inch deep with pearl. From the sheds new roofed with Carrara came Chanticleer's muffled crow. The stiff rails softened to swan's down and still fluttered down the snow. I stood and watched by the window the noiseless work of the sky and the sudden flurries of snowbirds like brown leaves whirling by. I thought of a mound in Sweet Auburn where a little headstone stood, how the flakes were folding it gently as did robins the babes in the wood. Up spoke our own little Mabel, saying, Father, who makes it snow? And I told of the good All-Father who cares for us here below. Again I looked at the snowfall and thought of the leaden sky that arched o'er our first great sorrow when that mound was heaped so high. I remembered the gradual patience that fell from that cloud like snow, flake by flake, healing and hiding the scar that renewed our woe. And again to the child I whispered, The snow that husheth all, darling, the merciful Father alone can make it fall. Then, with eyes that saw not, I kissed her, and she, kissing back, could not know that my kiss was given to her sister, folded close under deepening snow. The beautiful final stanza brings us back from the All-Father to Lowell, Lowell the Father. He has a fatherly obligation to the child in his arms, but an obligation to his own feelings as well, and as a poet, an obligation as well to truth. Beauty without truth is no more useful to us than truth without beauty. It's a delicate balancing act. We tend to value, whether consciously or not, those poets and artists who achieve it. I hope you enjoyed the first snowfall, 
and that you'll join me again next week for Longfellow's Snowflakes. If you think others might enjoy fireside poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.